0: Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, AmSpa founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation
1: with Robin Into, Vice President of Aesthetics at NextTech. Well, hello, everybody. This is Alex Hirsch and welcome to Medical Spa Insider, the AMSPA podcast. Um, it is January. We're in the first of the year. I think this is the first podcast I've done in the new year. So happy new year to everybody. I uh, appreciate you all tuning in and we are very excited today to have on the Am Spa hotline Robin in tow. Is that how you pronounce it? And you got it. Okay, right. I got it right. Um, the VP of Aesthetics with Next Tech. And for those of you who are listening in your car or are new to the industry, Next Tech. Um, I have to say, Robin, I came into this industry back with, you know, when Stephen Diane back in the day got me into it, and this was in two thousand seven eight. And Next Tech was, you know, the 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 big thing then. And you you have been in the industry for a very, very long time, since 97, I think, is, or at least you've been open since 97, um, which is a long time to be in business. So you have, um, your company has kind of been through the ringer. You've seen a lot with aesthetics. You've seen the growth of, of med spas from basically nothing. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Next Tech does everything from, you um, videos to patient intake to point of sale to um medical record keeping um, you kind of do everything you've got a whole suite of services um, and it's really really a pleasure to have you on because to, to the, the 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 company next tech is a very esteemed well-regarded company and it's it's great to have you on robin give give me a little bit of insight into yourself how long you've been with next tech and in the industry and what uh what is going on in your world Right now.
0: Well, you know, let's back up to the whole conversation about Next Tech and how yeah. long it's been around. It's a little bit of an interesting story. So the originator, the founder of NextTech, actually, this is an unknown story to most, actually had his own product called Excel Tech. Okay. And he sold that to a company called Mirror Software. Okay. And Mirror Software was acquired by a company called Kianfield.
1: Okay, Canfield, yes. And
0: so that startup money came from Excel Tech that actually was the beginnings of Next Tech. Next Tech was the first um, software that was for plastic surgery. Actually, yeah. it, it really started from a need that people wanted more than just a place to schedule appointments and enter you know, charges and payments, they needed more of a system that gave them lead management and tracking and the ability to really focus on things that are important, like retention.
1: Yeah. So, so, and, and this honestly brings me back because if you go back to say, you know, early two thousands and like the, some of the conferences like Vegas cosmetic surgery, and some of those you would have, they, they started doing these practice management sections, right? Where it was really, it wasn't done before because mostly up until then it was, all these conferences were about the clinical side, um, you know, how you do treatments, techniques, things like that. But because of plastic surgery, you really started getting into this practice management. And there was started to be this desire to have tools that help with marketing tools that help with patient retention. And that's because of really plastic surgery and it's a cash-based business and that's how it all launched. I mean, those are the days. And, and is, so that's kind of when next tech started cutting his teeth and started starting figuring out what it was going to offer and what different services it was going to have in solutions.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think about it, it was about the same time that we started seeing website companies at the meetings. Yes. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. I remember the first time I went to a trade show and I'm like, oh, okay, there's a website company here. And What is this mm-hmm. all about? And I've seen several of them come and go. So yeah, it's totally evolved though. I mean, aesthetics, plastic surgery. I mean, we went from plastic surgery and dermatology and now we've evolved into aesthetics and multi-specialty. So it's right. really evolved and grown and it's not stopping. It's fascinating. Like think about it, $15 billion industry.
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy, it's is, is bonkers. Um, and it's become so much more, like you said, than just plastic surgery. Or I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's become it's an industry unto itself. What you know, so and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. How, how long have you been with Nextech? And or how long have you been in aesthetics um, in general?
0: Here we go, 25 plus years, I got to give away that age. I actually started in a facial plastic surgery practice. So I learned top to bottom all things about practice from front desk to clinical work to basic management of the business. And so from there, I went on to work for mirror software. So really learn that turnkey photography system that is mm-hmm. still in place in many of our physicians today. Mm-hmm. So a lot of plastic surgeons still use that technology. It's 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 been the gold standard for many years and then mm-hmm. usher in, um, you know, the need for consulting. And so I started my own consulting business and was consultant that had clients of my own for many, many years, uh, 20 years. And then Next Tech approached me, I was doing some contract work for them, and they approached me and said, hey, we we see the need. We've got clients that have been using our product for 20 years, and they're just not using it well. And we would like to help them better. You're successful at what you do. Let's figure this out. And so a little over seven years ago, I started the consulting division for Next Tech. And it really works from the perspective of think about it. Consultants are great. I have a lot of consultants that I work with in the industry that are um, fabulous. I think about what they contribute to this niche boutique area. But when you have the ability to focus on the trifecta of being a product expert, so mm-hmm. you actually know how to get the reports to work and know how to pull the data out of the system. So it's mm-hmm. useful. And then you know the industry really well. And then you also understand a practice and its inner workings. Think about how powerful that is. And so it worked. And we grew that business extensively to over 400 of our clients really using that service. It's It's been awesome. um, interesting because a lot of times tech companies don't employ that type of uh you know, vertical in their business because it right. just doesn't make sense. But for us, you know, you, you had the need because it's next tech likes to think of ourselves as not just a software tool, but a business solution. You know, we talk about plastic surgery and how important it is and what we've done in the footprint, but aesthetics is grown. And so for me, I, I, You know, we launched, you know, the consulting and then we went into we need to focus on aesthetics differently, more broadly. Mm -hmm. And you talk about MedSpa and the importance and how much it's growing. We were getting so many people that wanted our product to manage our MedSpa, but it was just too robust for them. It was meant Mm -hmm. to be for a full plastic surgery practice or derm practice that had all the needs. And so we launched a med spa solution that was simple, easy to use, out of the box. And so Next Tech realized there's a need. People are requesting it. We get the people asking us all the time. And so we have now launched that in 2023 as our new um, specialty that we're focused on. Yeah, so this we're was excited to be part of it.
1: Yeah, this was this was a a recent um yep. a recent recent launch, um, which is which is awesome. And I I have to tell you. Um, I talk to med spa owners all the time, and it's the 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 tech software side, the full integration. If that's if is is such a pain point, because there's always been, and a lot of the med spa owners tend to be, you know, they might be. Good on their own right in marketing on Instagram or whatever it is, but they're but they're never good at everything. So that that wrapping of it all into one, and I, I would love to hear just a little bit about like what's the difference with with your new product that you guys have launched. What's the um, what's the secret sauce there? What's the what's the value prop that's different than than what else is else is out there?
0: Well, you kind of said the word already. Practices need to differentiate themselves. That's part of being competitive and winning. Yep. You know, Botox is Botox. Yes, people inject it differently and different indications for it. And someone may be better than another. And that could be a draw factor or differentiator. But you're always looking for what edge do I have that makes me different? And so one of the things that we really pride ourselves in is our photo solutions. And practices need good photos. They need standardization. Photos are your calling card that differentiate you. Yeah. And so what better way than to think about a solution that incorporates the full suite that you need from, you know, the way the patient walks in the door and maybe they start with just scheduling online and then follow that through to now I need to upsell or I need to, um, you know, work on my consultation conversion and, you know, the tools that are there to help you do that. That's important today. Yeah, it's, sure. Scheduling is scheduling. Um, you know, ease of use is you know important as well. But having the ability to automate processes because staff come and go, or staff call out sick, you want things that are innately in the software that help you automate processes, but also really help you focus on your patients more, and also differentiate you in the uh, marketplace. And so, we really thought about it from that perspective, and you know um Next Tech acquired touchmd a little bit over a year ago mm-hmm. and that was because we recognized the need it's very big and very relevant in plastic surgery and dermatology but it's relevant today in spas, especially for those that want to differentiate
1: for sure i'm so i'm so curious about um your kind of perspective on med spas because it's been um you 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 said a lot of of kind of how I think about this. The industry has changed a lot. It's expanded a lot. It's very different than what it used to be. Um, it's really become its own you know industry unto itself. I'm I'm curious. Like one of the things that I always notice when I when I talk to med spa owners is number one, they're they're very very passionate about what they do. They they love the industry. Um, they're eager for help and to, and to latch onto resources. But a lot of them also really just they're still learning the basics when it comes to the business side of things. Um, There's a lot of providers who are coming over from, you know, whether it's emergency medicine or general practice, there's, now we're seeing entrepreneurs come in um, and, and it's, it's a great industry for helping people, but you have to know that business side of things because it's not just getting the patients in charting is charting. Scheduling is scheduling. It's, how are you going to get the patients to come back? What's going to differentiate you so they're going to choose you instead of somebody else? One of the things we always um, kind of chat about when we do our courses is there's only two ways to get a new patient. That's either you get them when they first decide to be a patient in aesthetics, or you steal them. Like that's the only two ways. And so, how are you going to how are you going to do that? And how are you going to differentiate yourself? So. Looking back at aesthetics from plastic surgery, I'm just, I'm curious what your perspective is and and, and what's changed, I mean, what's different? I, I, I always look back and I'm always amazed that this industry is is where it is, and it's been exciting to be a part of, and I'm curious what, you, what your thoughts are.
0: So many things, oh my gosh. Um, a plethora of exciting changes in the industry. So technology, technology has helped us evolve. You know, you have so many devices out there that are at our fingertips to use and treat conditions that never were available before. And I think about, you know, the first CO2 laser or the first hair removal laser. Yes, I'm gonna own it, I know it, but it's fascinating to see how many devices there are that are available to treat conditions. And I think technology has played a real real role in that. Consumer demand. Think about it yeah. from that perspective. For sure, more people, more broadly available, and more generations are now in this arena that want to participate in the aesthetic world. You know, it's not just your baby boomer or your Gen X; it's your Gen Z now, and they're they're critical. They're your future generation. They're and and their needs and the way that they buy, the way that they uh, connect with you, the way that they want to communicate with you all of that's different that's a whole other topic to talk about but i think that the consumer demand is definitely noted um pandemic obviously may have pushed that a little bit but in general i think people really want to look their best as well as feel their best so i will say the other thing that has really made aesthetics um pertinent and relevant is the opportunity of services there's so many services and we think about the simple things like toxins and fillers and devices um you know just basic facials and peels and products Mm -hmm. but it's growing beyond that now so you have your iv hydrotherapy you've got your weight loss programs all of those add-on services are relevant and actually very important i think to med spas today to help them continue to grow because the generations are going to demand it they're going to want those services
1: yeah it's I, it's you. You said a lot there that, that that resonates with me. I mean, to me, the the, the age of the patient is always interesting because it's 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 getting younger and younger, and the younger generation, the Gen Zers, they know so much and they're so educated about. The treatments and what they want, um, but at the same time, the technology is changing and the way that med spas in particular are offering these services, whether it's packaging, you know, um, all these different ways to package treatments, and it's it's becoming it's becoming a different thing, and it's really exciting to watch. Um, we are in the new year, t- 2024. What I, what are some trends for this year that you're thinking? Because you know, 2023 was a was a in some ways for us, and I'd love to get your your thoughts. I mean it was it was a little bit of a choppy year and then it started off with a lot of growth i think there was people got a little bit um you know over the summer there's a lot of folks taking time and 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 it, it wasn't quite as strong and robust as, as some people thought it would be some folks are, did great over the summer though we're starting to see it kind of pick back up again um and i think we're we're rolling into 24 and i'm excited and i think the the prospects for 24 are huge but I'm curious what are some trends and 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 how do you relate that back to 2023 what what how did people do in 23 what's your kind of summary of that and let's move into 24 then
0: Well, 23 was definitely, I would say, a year of figuring it out when it came to, okay, yeah, we're we're past the pandemic. It's a thing. Life has moved on. And now people are settling back in. There's this recession that we're kind of thinking about. Is it there? Is it not there? But I think as people started to figure it out, they started to settle into a norm again. So it was a year of people trying to just assess and make good sound decisions about how they wanted to manage their care. Um, moving into 2024, since you know, we've we figured it out, I think the opportunity is there for people to really capture patients and retain the patients. And I think that's gonna be critical to practice is to think about, a lot of people do not think about the um, economics that are impacted on election years. major election years. So I've been around this this, in particular. Exactly. I've been around this space for a long time. We're coming into a major election and people will button up their pockets and they will stop spending when you get closer to the election. When Hmm. you have a recurring revenue model in place, you're going to find that that's not going to have the impact on you. Uh, Surgeons are going to be particularly impacted because that's going to be a, it's, it's a stop. People wanna know what's going on. They wanna figure it out. It's the anticipation um, maybe for some excitement, for some not so much. So you have to wonder and think about how that works. But if you go back and look at trends for the past elections, you'll see where there's every person will, if they thought about it, there's an impactor there. But you've got ways to protect yourself and so, when you think about going into twenty twenty four as a trend, there's a lot out there that talks about retention and these memberships or loyalty programs that you should be considering. A lot of opportunity there to focus on that. I think that's going to be a big trend that people focus on.
1: And let's, I mean, let's let's look at that because we we, we talk about that a lot on this podcast and a lot at AIMSPA. The, um, you know, patient retention is is arguably or inarguably, depending on how you look at it, more important than, you know, new patients, you know, keeping your patients is incredibly important up until, and I think we're getting better at it. The data we have was that most, most med spas are about 65% patient retention overall. Um, Mm -hmm. If you talk to the folks at like Allergan, they'll tell you that, you know, first, time, Botox treatments, usually it's less than 50% return um, after that. What do we do? So thinking about this from 24 and the opportunity that's out there, I think a lot of people are starting to figure it out. It's kind of normalizing a little bit. However, the patient base is still growing. Um, and w- as we start to get it figured out, it it creates that kind of competition and tension amongst different places, who's going to be able to keep their patients and who's not. How do you how do you counsel folks on what they should be doing to make sure they keep their patients? Because again, if you don't, if, if, if they're going to go somewhere and if they're not going to you, they're going to go to somewhere else. So um, Mm. what's the, what's the takeaway there? What are you excited about?
0: Well, first let's talk about the word retention. Um, I think that there's a lot of retention information out there, but the accuracy of it to me is not well-placed. So when I think about that, a Botox patient may be retained. Allergans information is based upon the information they have from yep. you know what's sold and what they have from their information from their programs. But a lot of times patients are retained. They just may have used a different product, but it's still a toxin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I go back to your software system should be able to provide that information. You know. Patients come in, they have a charge for X, they come in three months later and they have a charge for Y, still a toxin, that's a retained patient. Mm -hmm. And so there's ways that you should be able to get that out of your system. Um, And it should be able to help you understand retention, not just from a practice perspective, but a provider perspective, Uh referral source perspective. There's so many ways to look at it and, and understand your practice better. But I also, you know, back to your question, you know, how do we retain patients? That's important, and the first thing to recognize there is the way you retain your patients is not going to be the same for every patient. That's the right. first thing you have to recognize and own. Every generation has a different perspective on what's important to them, mm-hmm. and loyalty is going to be different per generation. There's a lot of studies out there about this. I would encourage practices and business owners to think about, do I do, do I have one approach, or do I have many different ways that I approach retention? um mm-hmm. some of it's just relationship driven
1: well some I'm, of it- I'm curious though what's the so let's talk about the differences between I'm like I'm a Gen X mm-hmm. you know me too. I, re- retaining me versus retaining a you know a millennial or a gen z what's the what are some of these some of the differences i feel like are obvious we can all we can all think of them but when it comes to aesthetics in particular and practices um how do you counsel folks on what to focus on with some of these different generations so that they can do a better job of retaining them
0: well you have to think about what programs you're putting in place to retain them loyalty is going to be a hook and it's going to be your natural retention tool beyond that if i don't have a loyalty program you've got to think about relationships and you've got to think about what you do before they walk out the door the last thing that that patient sees or the last person that they talk to should be very focused on is this patient going to come back is there risk and how do i make sure that they come back so am i scheduling before they walk out the door yeah. And I think the third thing that's really important is am I gaining feedback from my patients so that I know where my opportunity is and my patients aren't coming back? Why? You got to right. know the why. The why is really important. Are they going someplace else because I didn't do a great job? Let me think about it. If I go to a hairdresser and they didn't do a good job, am I going to pick up the phone and complain to them? Probably not. Probably Most not. women are going to go just go find somebody else. It's better. They just well, don't necessarily. Well, but aren't you
1: also probably not going to respond to them when they call and ask and say, hey, why'd you leave us? That's the thing that I always wonder is how do you yeah. figure out why folks left if they left, right? It's kind of yeah. tough to do that, but but I'm sure there's uh, it's just persistence probably.
0: Well, I think there's different ways to do it. I mean, I've seen practices where they had a comment card at checkout. People can pick it up and take it with them and just leave a comment, yeah. you know, or they can reward someone right then and there for great service because it's noted. I think surveys are, you know, overlooked often as being, you know, not important, but they really are. If a patient's mm-hmm. going to give you feedback, they'll give you feedback on a survey if they're mad. People don't yeah. respond if they're happy, but if they're mad, they generally will fill out a survey. Um, pay attention to them. Those surveys are important because if a patient's going to be, if a patient's upset, they're going to respond one way or the other. They're either mm-hmm. not going to come back or they're going to go, they may, you know, Depends upon the generation. They're going to go out there on social media and find a forum and talk about it. Yeah. So that's going to impact you. Your stars are going to go down or you're going to find a way to communicate with them so that they feel anonymous yet heard. And I think that's critical. So it's, it's finding that it's not just one thing that's going to manage retention and manage disgruntled patients. It's going to be one plus one plus one, and then it equals a hundred.
1: That's right. That's so. Are you finding wh- one of the things that I've found is that? And again, I think it's the industry's changing and it's evolving and maturing in a lot of different ways. Um, <clears throat> for a long time, though, the patient retention aspect. You said I think perfectly. You know what's happening when that patient leaves. I think a lot of folks don't f- focus as much on that. Are you? What's kind of the biggest pain point that that you're seeing with specifically with the med spas? Are they do you find that they are not doing as good a job with educating the patient when they leave, rescheduling them? Are the, is this a problem? Are you seeing it improve? Or is it is it just kind of a general lack of business acumen where they're not really able to kind of grasp what's, what's going on? I mean, what's the biggest pain point when it comes to retention?
0: Some of it's as simple as staffing. I've got one Mm -hmm. person managing check-in and check-out and they've got a software system and they're trying to schedule and answer the phones, check someone out, check someone in, get their history, um, upsell them, talk to them about a product. It's a lot of work, even if it's two people that are doing that and they've got their head down in the computer and they're not patient-centric anymore. And so the relationship is not forged without forging that relationship, then it's going to be difficult to retain them. So it, it, some of it comes down to the very basics of just human nature and how you relate to them. And the other thing that I find that's important, it all goes back a lot of times to what happens in the waiting room, whether it's a check-in or check-out. So if I'm checking in and I'm sitting there and I'm not not—I'm being ignored, You know, my provider's late, my person that's sitting at the front desk that you know, is ignoring me and knows that my provider's late, isn't doing anything about it, isn't offering me coffee, isn't trying to, con- you know, you know, console me or make me feel better about the fact that I'm sitting here waiting. That's impactful to someone. That's an impression. They may still have a treatment, but they may never come back. Um, and the same is true when they check out. What's happening? The chaos around them, or the lack of chaos. What's happening? It's important to think about what is happening in front of my patient all the time and I would encourage a business owner just a mystery shop go sit in another spa and watch what happens mm-hmm. and see how the patients are treated and think about well is my practice doing the same thing because it will give you better perspective on the patient's view of it you know I was a patient um, for a few years because I had broken my ankle and it really gave me perspective on what I thought was great customer service or what I was thought was poor customer service. And I was amazed at my orthopedic surgeon. I was blown away at their customer service at the front desk to the point where I'm like, did someone come in and train you guys? Mm. It was so unexpected, mm. but I, I appreciated their efforts and what they were doing to communicate with the patient and how well they did. And I look for that type of stuff, but it was, it was helpful for me to be a patient, to give Mm -hmm. me a new perspective on it. Uh, I think a lot of times it's just analyzing and assessing your practice to see where those opportunities are. So take a, take a journey into the mystery world and mystery shop your practice.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, um, that's a really good story that you tell because it's, you know, everybody's used to going to the doctor, right? And nobody has expectations of being treated well, really. I mean, you're treated well, but it's not like a great experience. Whenever you go to the or going to the dentist, you kind of have this expectation. And when you have a really good experience and they treat you really well, it stands out here you are. I mean, you've, you've, you broke your ankle and now you're talking about the, the, the patient experience. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and with aesthetics and med spots, it's such an opportunity to change that dynamic and to make people feel special the minute they walked in to the minute they walk out, and then even after they walk out, what's the follow up? Is there you know are you sending are you calling or whatever it is? Um, and I, it's it's just those little. I remember the other day I actually went to the, I went to the doctor and they just did a follow-up call that same day when I was not expecting it. And just that by itself, you're just like, wow, I mean, that was interesting. It's, it's such a, it's such an opportunity to, 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 to make people feel special. And it's such a, it's the way you're going to keep patients and the way that you're going to, you're, you're going to continue to grow.
0: Yeah. It it differentiates a practice. So important to think about those little things. They all add up. And sometimes it's just sitting down with your, you know, your team, they may be young and unaware and just teaching them those small nuances that make a difference. Um, Maybe a patient would be better served to be checked out in their room versus checked out Mm -hmm. out front. Maybe that's better opportunity to manage retention and make them feel like it's more boutique and um, more exclusive. You know, there's opportunity in different ways to think about it, but you have to figure out how do I make a person feel really unique and special and build that relationship? That's a lot of what retention is tied back to.
1: Mm -hmm. What are you um, most excited about with aesthetics in the future?
0: You know, the opportunity with add-on services is really intriguing to me. So another little story. Um, I had my uh, facial not too long ago, and my esthetician said, listen, I think you should try the IV therapy. We've launched it. I'm like, okay. Um, I heard horror stories where they people were real emotional afterwards. I don't need to walk out of here crying for the next <laughs> hour. Um, but ironically, I was like, okay, all right, why not? It was easy. It was just so easy. There was no additional time commitment. There was no effort for me other than to just enjoy my facial and you know have an IV at the same time. So I got a bigger bang for my buck. I looked good and felt good. And I think that those types of services, there's so much opportunity. And I think the trend is there for that to really evolve in practices. Uh, I think the problem will be is getting is creating the awareness. That's really where I think the problem will be. I think we struggle with that in practices. You know, um, people don't know that they can actually ask to have Botox or add-on services the same day. Practices don't make it relevant or they don't create awareness around it. I mean, it's as simple as, hey, put a sign at the front desk that says, hey, if you want to do your add-on IV treatment today, we've got opportunity or availability. But add-on services, I think, will be the important factor it grows your revenue. Uh, your, uh, I'm sorry. It grows your average encounter value. It grows your overall revenue for your practice. It makes your providers feel better. Lots of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And your patients want a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. They trust you. Why not? So I think that's yeah. going to be a big trend.
1: That's interesting. And when you say add, I mean you're talking about adding on services when you come in for another service. Let's say mm-hmm. as a, and then it's kind of a, oh, you know, while you're here, let's get this done. Um, is it, is that what you're talking about or cause what we're also seeing on the flip side of that, or I guess it's the same, same side is when people come in for a consult, you're really trying to give them kind of the whole suite of services so that they know they're getting multiple services when they come in as opposed to, as opposed to getting an add on service. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think that it goes both ways. I right. think your new patient, your patients coming in for a consult, you're looking for ways to, to give them a full solution not just let me treat one spot or the other. That also will dovetail right back into your whole retention strategy because if a patient thinks and you give them only one solution and they really need more and you – Think that that's going to satisfy them? It's not generally going to satisfy them. Um, so I think that yes, the consult, the initial, the initial meeting with the patient, offering the full suite of services and making sure they're aware of it and talking about the solutions. Something that they've done in plastic surgery for years is you talk about different solutions that are available to you and you might give them three quotes you think this is something that would be um, important in men's spas as well is to think about you know there's options people like options mm-hmm. but i also go back to the add-on services i think that there's definitely something there when you think about convenience one stop sure. shop, um how do I make it easier for my patients? Maybe I get my skinny shot and my i v and my hydrofacial and my Botox all in the same room all within the same hour. It's mm-hmm. not impossible well, and think and it's, about think about how much you're doing for square footage profit, yeah,
1: yeah, you know that's I, that's that's a really good point, and it's also about um I th- you mentioned this it's it's also just training and awareness, right like your aesthetician brought it up, right? And a lot of times that's part of the problem. It's just they don't people don't bring it up. They don't have the training to say, by the way, have you ever thought about doing this? And yeah. and just that by itself is enough to get a lot of people over the edge to start doing other treatments.
0: Oh yeah, completely. I mean We've all probably been out there and gone to, you know, one of those high-end day spas and maybe the Four Seasons or something. And you walk into, have your massage, and there might be a card on the bed that says, did you want to add on any of these, you know, upscale treatments? That's right. So we don't think about those in the med spa as much, but there's opportunity. You know, we just have to kind of blend what is boutique and niche and medical and think about what those needs are for the patients and try to solve for more needs. So yeah, it's, it, it, the Gen right. Z-er today, and it kind of bleeds over into, a little bit into the millennials, they're interested in not just looking good, that mental health as well as right. physical health is important to them. And as that generation ushers itself into the med spa more and more, which it's a great starting place for them when it comes to beauty mm-hmm. and aesthetics, they're going to look for those things that help them feel good as well as look good. So there's just yeah. lots of opportunity there.
1: For sure. The, the, the younger generation as they, number one, again, I'm always amazed at how much they're interested in these treatments, but then um, their approach to it is very different. It's, it's not, I've got a wrinkle here that bothers me. It's, it's, you know, I want to feel Great for whatever the summer it is, or whatever it is, and they have a very different approach to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I've seen you've 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 done some research, and so you've written some 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 stuff on the different generations. What's what's the what's the one takeaway for like millennials or Gen Z? Like, what's the thing that surprises you the most? If I put you on the spot a little bit,
0: um, the most shocking thing to me was when I read a fact that said that 40% of Gen Zers will find their physician through TikTok. Wow.
1: Just blew me out of the water when I saw 40% that. 40% will yes. find their... And this is just any physician or is this the aesthetic physician or is it... Any. Any physician through TikTok.
0: mm mm-hmm. And the and volume Lord, of sales that they do was just mind-boggling to me.
1: Yes. Um,
0: it, it just was, that's probably where I think that it's a little scary from a spot perspective is the opportunity to sell on TikTok. If you don't get out there and you don't start promoting your services, they're going to buy from someone else. And that's a little frightening to me, but yeah, that, that, that 40% number, I still can't get over that one. But I'm, I'm Gen X, you know, I'm Gen X. So I'm like, you know, um, the other big takeaway to me was I, I presented not too long ago on the generations and the differences and how they interact with social media. Mm -hmm. The other fact that I thought was fascinating was Facebook has a bigger spread than Mm -hmm. any of the others. Oh yeah. It covers more generations. Now it doesn't cover Gen Z at all. But it covers the other generations, whereas TikTok is definitely Gen Z and maybe somewhat your millennial when it comes to buying and it comes to the choices that they make. Yeah. But um, the Facebook surprised me because I constantly hear practices say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do anything on Facebook. That's that's not relevant. I'm like, but it really is relevant.
1: Yeah. It still still has the widest reach of of Mm -hmm. all of them, which is I, I wonder if as the gen Zers get older, if they're going to gravitate towards Facebook, or are they going to be on TikTok no matter what? And there's going to be a new one that comes up, you know, I mean, who knows? Oh, I can't sure wait to see
0: something else. It's technology at its best.
1: Right. You know? Um, so I have another question. I want to put you on the spot again. Um, although this, this is a fun one. I, I asked this to a few different people. And since you've been doing this for so long, you have such a, a wide breadth of knowledge. Um, what is your, like, when you think about measure and I, I thought of this when you were talking about um, retention and and revenue per treatment and revenue per patient and revenue per visit what what is your like favorite or maybe top 2 if, if you can't think of just one kind of kpi to measure what's the the ones that you really focus on when you go into a practice and say this is what i want to look at first
0: average encounter value
1: Okay, so how much they're, how much each patient is paying per visit, basically, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, so what are my providers doing to upsell, cross-sell? Yeah, to that tells you a lot, that? yeah. Tells me a lot. Well, think about it. If I have a provider that comes to me and they're concerned about how much money they're making, it's so easy to do the math, okay? So if you add one more patient a week, that's four per month, and your average encounter value is what, 525? So what is that going to do to me at the end of the year? I mean, okay, so one more patient, that's over $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year, Put your apply your commission structure, whatever. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. for one more patient a week. Or, okay, let me increase my average encounter value by 10%. Mm-hmm. What is that going to do? So it's, it's focusing on small things that become very big wins. That's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the other really important KPI to me is, um, utilization. A lot of people don't Mm -hmm. track utilization. You know, my square footage costs me every single time I turn the lights on or walk in. It's just, it costs me all the time regardless. Um, what. but if I'm not using it well, then I'm not really generating from it. So when I think about that, People like to say they're busy all the time. Well, okay, how busy really are you? Yeah. 70%, 65%. So let's look at those numbers and really understand what is your utilization? And where do we have opportunity? Or do I need to think about, you don't want to utilize that room more. Let me consolidate your schedule into three days instead of four, and I'm gonna put another hot body in that room so that I can get more out of that room. That's I know right. it sounds crass, but it's, it's reality. You have to think about, what you can do per square foot within those rooms and helping your providers understand that is important as well.
1: Well, and to throw it back to next tech, you've got to be able to track that stuff, right? It's yeah. so if you're not tracking it, you're not reviewing it, you're not able to make those decisions. I think those are great. Um, I want to do like top 10 KPIs and like make a t-shirt or something. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because different, you know, people have different Ideas. And and I think it all kind of comes down to the same thing. I mean, you're talking about utilization rate. You know, it's, it's what, you know, are you measuring what your providers are bringing in per hour, per room, per treatment, things like that. Um, I think the, the, the encounter value is, is huge because that tells you, I mean, that really tells you everything that you need to know. It's like, are you getting enough, are, are you squeezing enough juice from, from that, the orange and, and, and where is there more to be squeezed? And it, it, you're right, it does sound, when you talk about patience in that matter, it, you, I can see where you think it sounds crass, but the fact of the matter is those numbers, those, those figures, the, the, the way that your business is operating, that's the language of your business. And if you're not tracking it, reading it, interpreting it, you're missing out on what's actually going on in your business.
0: Well, let's talk about tracking period. I think there's a big miss in the industry for tracking metrics period. We can't Huge understand miss. success Huge. if we don't even put metrics in place and I think, you know, it's a great time for people to think about that. You're still in January. It yeah. doesn't have to be complicated. You're not too far in. Pick two metrics this year to track. Yeah. And see what that does for you because it helps you really understand opportunity. You just don't know where your opportunities are until you start you know, putting your priorities in place and tracking them.
1: Yeah. And just, you got to start somewhere. Um, Yeah. In fact, we're, we're like bumping up against time. Robin, we were going to talk about strategic planning and all kinds of stuff. We've been just chatting um, about everything. So we we haven't got a chance to really go to go to all that. But um, as, as we kind of wrap up here, what's the um, going into, you know, we're still in January, you're right. The, there's going to be folks that are that are listening right now, and they're thinking, um, the language that you're speaking, and even the software is it. It just seems it seems so much, and it seems very overwhelming. And there's and for people to be able to to operate their business at that level right now can sometimes seem like it's a bit daunting. Um, as you plan for going forward this year. How do you how do you counsel your clients on on what's the best way to kind of break this down into a way where it's manageable? It's it's easier to understand, and you're not getting so overwhelmed and and, and feeling daunted.
0: I think you have to start small and realize there's big su- success with small. A lot of times, people think of the word strategy and say, "Oh, that's daunting. I can't think about yeah. that." Strategy is really you know thinking about my business in a a very focused attempt at putting below my strategy, the priority. So if my strategy is as simple as I want to make more money, okay, Mm -hmm. that's great, that's a strategy. There's nothing wrong with that. What type of priorities do I need to put in place so that I can hit that strategy, so I can support that strategy? So maybe it's I need to add three more providers this year. Or maybe I need to focus on um, putting the software in place that's going to actually support my growth. Or maybe I need to focus on getting more out of my existing providers. Maybe those are three priorities that you focus on. And then you simply attach to that your success metrics. How do I measure if I'm successful or not? So if I want to get more out of my providers, then I need to put in place metrics, average encounter value, utilization, to track the success of that. And then when you get to December of next year, you're gonna look back and say, okay, yeah, my strategy, we worked really well here. The numbers were great, didn't do so well here. Opportunity is gonna exist and show me the way into 2025 and what I need to focus on next year. So I think that we make it more daunting than it really should be. Mm -hmm. We just have to step back and think small and think about the things that can support the bigger picture. Mm
1: -hmm. I think think that's, really good advice. And I think what I struggle with with my own business is um, the prioritization, like what, what can I actually tackle? And, and I, I tend to think big and say, I want to do all this stuff. And then, you know, it's just, it's impossible. And you have to really figure out and write down, okay, here's the, here's the strategy. Here's the things that we want to accomplish. Here's what we need to do to accomplish those things. You're not necessarily going to be able to do all of them. And you have to, you have to be able to put them in the order of priority. And then the other ones you can do later on, but you've got to start and accomplish some things. Otherwise you just end up, you know, you end up a mile wide and an inch deep and you're not, you're not really making any progress.
0: Well, I think the thing that's important is when you have your staff meetings or when you have your weekly check-ins or you're looking at adding a new service, or you're looking at doing anything that's going to you know, be pertinent to a change in your business, ask yourself the question, which priority does this fall under? Does it support my bigger strategy? And oh. then from there you can make better decisions because everything you do should be focused on your priorities or right. your or you're misprioritizing it. And that's going to help you um, prioritize your time and your commitment. And then I'll leave you with one final thought. Important many, critical few.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Important many, critical few. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of important things out there that we need to focus on, but there's a few that are critical that will be pertinent to my success.
1: Yeah. And, and the critical is really what you want to be spending your time on. Um,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: The, you know, you can, you'll just, and I, this is a, all business owners, entrepreneurs have this issue you just spin your wheels on mm-hmm. the little things. And next thing you know, you're not even focused on the, the critical things. And then that, that becomes an issue. Um, Robin, I had a feeling when we first started talking today that we were going to be able to just chat and we were going to have to worry about anything. And this was just going to be a great conversation. And it was I, I really enjoyed talking with you. I appreciate all of your insight. You know so much about the industry. And it's been it's it's been a pleasure Um just give folks an idea of where they can reach you, where they can um, find out more about Next Tech when they want the new the new MedSpa platform. Um, and then um, we'll, I'll leave you with the last word after that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Um, email it's probably the best way r.ntoh at nexttech.com. Or um, they can go to the website nexttech.com and there's a lead form there. They could get more information about the med spa. Uh, super exciting things, really exciting things that are launching. So we're super thrilled about it. And um, we'll see you at the spa
1: that's awesome yeah you're gonna be there in um april 11th through 14th everybody by the way we're we are filling up we are creeping up I, this is amazing that i'm even saying this we're creeping up towards a thousand tickets already sold wow and we are gonna sell out so if you want to go to the MedSpa show yeah i recommend you get on that because it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy and it's gonna be a lot of fun and you're gonna be there so robin we'll see yep. you there um thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it
0: so enjoyed it thank you Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, Spa founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Robin Into, Vice President of Aesthetics at Next Tech. If you are new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.